Hi, this is David Yaz at the Boston Podcast Network, hoping you are staying safe and healthy during this period of precaution over the coronavirus. It's difficult to connect with your clients and contacts in a period such as this, but here we continue to produce podcasts that allow you to connect with the people that you want to reach. You've got a rapt audience like never before. People are home, they're listening, and they're waiting to hear from you. We can create a professional podcast with a quick turnaround and do the whole thing remotely so you don't have to leave your home. Get in touch with us at pod617.com. From the Pod 617 Studios in Westwood, Massachusetts, it's the Boston Podcast with David Yaz and a rotating cast of characters from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. This is our f***ing city. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, this is Dave and welcome to the Boston podcast. If you like this podcast, please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Leave a review if the spirit moves you. We could all use a little love, especially now as the pandemic continues. <laughs> I'm doing OK. Seriously. Coffee and booze. That's all you need to get you through this thing. Anyway, we've got <laughs> and my guest agrees with that. And I'm glad. Um, we've gotten to know each other recently. She is a writer at heart, but she is the owner and operator and star of Boston Edits. You can find that at bostonedits.com. Copywriting, social media management, all other kind of cool stuff. Kim Calvi is her name, and she's here in the virtual studio. How do you like, the, vir- how do you like the virtual studio? I was just about to say, I love the virtual studio, and I love the, the applause as well. That's always that's always a nice welcome. That's you know, thank you. Not it's everybody, so not everybody you. gets the applause. With some guests, they just sit on their hands. You ne- you you never know. I mentioned the, the virtual studio. I just realized that, you know, you and I are talking on Zoom. We can see each other. Most of us are just hearing our voices. But when I take mm-hmm. a sip of my Dunkin' Donuts coffee, look at the branding for Dunkin'. Look at that. Yeah, that's a that's a big honking branding. And you yeah, know what? There's no mistake and it's yet, not four bucks. some of what you do is in that world of, of branding and marketing and all that business. Mm-hmm. Now I'm thinking that the, this Dunkin' Donuts coffee, by the way, they're not a sponsor of our show, but please get in touch with us if you'd like to, Dunkin', pod617.com. I'm a big fan. Um, the amount of money I've spent at Dunkin' over the years, good Lord. But I know, right? They know everyone's on a, they know everyone's on a Zoom call, right? So I just lifted the, the cup, and it's just unmistakably the huge... Uh, trademark orange letters saying just Duncan. I know they changed their name to just Duncan recently, which uh, I was kind of lukewarm on. Kind of like this coffee. <clears throat> just kidding. Okay, so Kim, listen, I've I've rambled enough. I've rambled enough. First off, how is? I've already told you your hair looks great, which I, I said, and I hope you didn't find creepy. But in in this in, during a pandemic, you get extra points if you, if your hair looks good. And um, how has your pandemic been? How are you holding up? I'm holding up, I think, pretty well. Um, it's funny. I um, then when the whole pandemic started, um, okay, I understand it was a shock, and you know everybody was fearful and basically paralyzed by fear for about two or three weeks, myself included. Um, although I tend to be a little aloof sometimes, I freely admit that. Um, and be, and largely because I work remotely, I work out of my house. I connect with my clients digitally, you know, uh, via Zoom. I've been using Zoom for a long time. So when this whole pandemic hit. Okay, fine. I understood the implications, just like everybody else, especially as we became more familiar with the implications. But I have to say, I mean, after two or three weeks, I was like, okay, enough sulking. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. We had plenty of time to feel badly about ourselves and lay on the floor in fetal position and weep. Um, <laughs> right. you know, that's over, you right. know. And so I, um, I just decided. You know, I, we don't know for how long this is going to go on. 
Yeah. You know, people can guess or whatever, but that's ridiculous. So, um, you know, I just decided I was my, my first step was to write an article and I posted it on LinkedIn. I believe I posted it on my website because um, I'm active on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. Um, and the article was um, let's not have let's not be defeatist. Yeah. Um, it's very middle class, which is a direct quote from the Dowager um, of uh, um, on Downton Abbey, which was a favorite show of mine. And I thought it would be apropos. So I basically wrote the article about, OK, this is what's going on. But here's an opportunity. If you've got some downtime, regroup, you know, tackle that project that you've been meaning to do for a year, learn a new skill um, or learn. You know, you obviously are going to have to recalibrate your business um, to better serve your clients. But learn a new skill, learn something that, you know, is going to enhance your service offering to your clients. That's what I wrote about. And that has been my mantra. Um, I took my own advice and that's what I've been doing this whole pandemic. So in terms of my own business, um, I reached out to existing clients and past clients, sent them the article, sent them the link to the article. And I just said, look, this, you know, when you come up for air, when you have a free moment, let's let's have a chat. I'd like to help you out, get some content out there to talk about what it is that you are doing to better serve your clients. Mm -hmm. And that's that's here we are. Yeah, here we are. It it is interesting, the patterns and the sort of peaks and valleys that we go through. And what you said couldn't be more true. I mean, it's because this thing is as much of an opportunity as it as it is a bummer, but we're all human. And we kind of went through that seven stages of grief, or a lot of people have compared it to the movie Groundhog Day, which, which is pretty apropos because, because it does feel like Groundhog Day over and over again, but it also feels like Groundhog Day in that what happened to the Bill Murray character in that movie was he, at first he was despondent. He hated, Mm -hmm. he hated doing the same thing every day. He, he, it got dark. He tried to kill himself. He he drove, he drove, (laughs) he drove his car off a cliff, found out that that doesn't kill him. He just keeps coming back. And then finally realizes this could be good. I could do something with this. He learns how to play the piano. There, there's a debate, I guess, in the film industry as to how long he was actually doing it. Cause you never find out in the movie, but some people say it was like 10 years, even 30 years. And it's just, oh it just feels like 30 years in the pandemic. But yeah, well, you know, life lessons learned by Bill Murray. Right. Um, <laughs> right. But, but it, I mean, that's absolutely true. I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I've had my days too. I mean, it was only like, well, let's see, all right, so where are we? We're in July. It was only the beginning of June where I started to feel like, okay, I'm starting to get a little antsy here. Mm. Um, but, but I mean, I, I mean, I'm, and I'm grateful though for the, for the way my business is run that being, you're getting to that point of feeling isolated and antsy and cabin fever. Um, I'm glad that that um, took me a while to get to. Um, and I, I largely attribute that to the fact that I do work out of my house. I have my desk here. I do meet with clients, you know, pre-pandemic face to face once or twice throughout a project or, and, and certainly I see them periodically over, over the course of the relationship, but usually communication is over the phone or via zoom. So not much changed for me really in terms of how I do business. So I do consider myself lucky and I'm very grateful for that because I know a lot of people, many people, their, their whole world was completely turned upside down. Yeah. And I feel for, you know, the restaurant owners and people like people like event planners, you know, I have an aunt, my sainted aunt Marge and my sainted uncle Chris, they have an event planning company and they, it's what they're expert at. They put on these gala events. Well, there aren't there aren't any. And the sad part is that it could be that way for a while. I mean, I hope it's otherwise. Mm-hmm. But you know, th- there are a lot of you know CEOs and others saying, you know, hey, we're not like banks. I'm talking about things like that. We're not going to open until there's a vaccine. Well, that could that could still be a year from now or mm-hmm. whatever, right? So, mm-hmm. um, anyway, but I'm glad you're able yeah. to keep doing what what 
what you do. By the way, I'll, I'll keep mentioning it because I'm that kind of guy. BostonEdits.com is where you find more information about Kim. And companies hire you to do copywriting, to social media management, writing for people's websites and things like that. Um, yeah. But it sounds like you're a jack of all trades. It sounds like you're comfortable writing in really almost any any kind of style and arena. I really am. Um, I, and I, I attribute that to my career. Um, I mean, just to give you a thumbnail sketch, I mean, my first yeah. job was working in a library. And then when I finished high school, I didn't go to college right away. I went to college as an adult learner and earned my business degree in three years while working full time. Um, and during that time, when I was going to, to school as an adult, um, I worked a lot of um, um, contract jobs, a lot of temp jobs, which all of that experience has actually culminated in how I'm able to relate to my clients. I, my clients are mostly B2B. And so I, you know, I've worked with facility and property managers and uh, financial planners. And at the time, you know, years ago, I thought all this was irrelevant, but now that these people are, are my clients, these, these people in these industries are my clients. I like knowing that I can talk to them on their, you know, in their own language. I mean, obviously there's always still a little bit of a learning curve, but I appreciate that I've had experience, you know, on the ground work experience that enables me to have a better understanding of what my clients do, what they offer, which is really the unique thing to what they each do. Um, because, you know, in any business, right? I mean, every, there are lots of financial planners. Two and two will always equal four, no matter who does it. But what makes a person, what makes my clients, what I like to say to my clients, what makes them better and different is what they tell me about how they do their business or a story that they have or an initiative that they came up with that had a lot of success that they, you know, be, that became part of their regular business model, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so in terms of what I like to write, yeah, it is. A lot of it is website content. I've got a lot of clients that in the last year have come to me and said, you know, my website's five years old. I'm like, okay, that's old. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, we've got to start over. And, um, and I don't talk about it much, but I do build websites, but um, generally that's always handled by somebody else and that's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but I do the writing and I get to know my clients. So if it's for their website or even their LinkedIn profile, because some people, mm-hmm. they want to, they want to become more active on LinkedIn, but they don't, it's not necessarily intuitive. Right. So they will they say, to me, start, you know, yeah. yeah, exactly. So, you know, and they just kind of, you know, they, you know, on LinkedIn, there's that introductory pair, space where you can put in, you know, your own words, what you do. And some people just, they write the way they speak and it doesn't really help promote their business, who they are, their image. And branding and image does have a lot to do with content. I mean, this is a two-dimensional platform. So, um, so my clients do ask me to to rewrite content for their website, for their LinkedIn profile. Um, I do a lot of um, trifold and sell sheet. You know, I create original content for for those marketing collateral pieces. I have copy edited books for self publishing. Um, so yeah, I really am comfortable with wherever there's content. I'm comfortable with it. What do you like? What do you like about writing? I have my reasons, but you okay. might have different reasons. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a few things. Um, I mean, first of all, I, I, selfishly, I love the solo practice of it. Um, mm-hmm. I just, I just, I really enjoy taking pen to paper and just coming up with an idea. And what I love f- with my clients is they will give me their, they will tell me their story and they will t- tell me everything because I demand that of them. Mm-hmm. And then I'm able to take all that content. What I love is taking all that content and creating a really good, robust narrative of who they are, what they do, what they offer their clients for how long they've been doing it, what enhancements they've made, which shows their flexibility and their adaptability and so forth. And just really telling their story and writing it in a way that sounds like them so that 
a website visitor to their website is going to read their content and feel like they know that person already, that they know my client already, and that they want to do business with my client because they've been drawn in by quality content on the website. Mm-hmm. So as far as it relates to what I do, that's what I love about writing. Do you ever go back to read stuff that you have written as inspiration? Because it's, I admit it's sometimes what I wrote hundreds, if not thousands of pieces for lawyers weekly over the years. Mm-hmm. And, um, a lot of stuff I was very proud. Hope, mostly, most of it I was proud of, and some of it I thought was crap. To be honest with you, because and I and, and I I would go back over the years and look and say, jeez, oh, I I wish I could write that one again. But then there are some that I read and go, damn, hey, I was pretty good, you know. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I have always kept a, a journal. And by that, I mean, you know, not my thoughts and feelings or anything like that, but just observations or ideas that I've had or comments, you know, my own comments that I want to remember about a book that I read, that kind of thing. And and I can get into it. I mean, I don't really just write a sentence or two. I can write a whole essay. Mm. And I have gone back periodically and read those. And it's like, yeah, I was really on that day. The creative juices were flowing. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, occasionally I will read something that I've written and I'm just like, okay, I was not, I, I didn't have enough coffee that day or I obviously <laughs> right. had something yeah. else yeah. You know, or I use, I use some weird analogy. So something else must've been on my mind. Um, mm-hmm. but I think it's critical to go back and to your point. Yeah. You go back and you read what you've written. I think it's important to do that to see how far you come and maybe pick up on habits that you're not even aware of. Like I just said, you know, I wrote something once then I was just like, I obviously had something else on my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, and that gives me insight as to hold, it's basically holding a mirror up to myself as the kind of writer that I can be for my own individual purposes. You're the perfect person to ask this question. Something mm-hmm. that is troubling me greatly. I just need to know where you stand on this. Apparently the dictionary Merriam Webster, I think, or whomever has just, acknowledge that the word irregardless exists. Now, in the old days, I remember taking these grammar tests in high school and they were hard, but there were certain things that I always remembered. Like, you know, they, they taught you the difference between imply and infer, which always confused me because I, I never mixed up those words until they started telling me why they were different. And then I started, anyway, but, uh, yeah. but, or, you know, the, the dangling modifier. And then one of, <laughs> one of the things on the test inevitably was they would put irregardless, irregardless. Of what, and I remember I got it wrong the first time. I was like, what's wrong with that? It's like, that's not a word. And so sure enough, it, it, at the time in the 80s, it certainly wasn't a word. The word regardless means something. The word right. irrespective means something. But the word irregardless was just of people that are careless and mix words up and jumble it. But through, sure. but apparently through misuse, it is now recognized as a word because people use it so much. Well, I, it's a word now, right? Yeah. Where do you yeah. where do you stand on that? Okay. Well, first of all, I detest the word. Good. Um, I'm never, yeah, I'm never, I'm never going to use it. I was not raised that way, um, and I just I, I will never embrace it. And, and there are certain things that I will never embrace in life, and that's one of those things. Um, I, I love understand. how you I love how you say you were raised that way. And my and the the, the fit that. <laughs> Family I grew up in, we did not use the word irregardless, irrespective of what you may say. So that's right. Exactly. Yes, exactly. I mean, the thing of it is, you do have to I mean, I will concede that it is important to understand that language is flexible. And it does. Right. And it does change over time because of society, demographics. Um, You know, it could be an influx of. Uh, people come, you know, visiting this country and staying here for many years and, and you know, how, how they learn the English language as they translate it in their heads from their language. Um, you know, and then just, you know, even even the media. Um, and by that, I mean, 
social media or, mm-hmm. um, you know, like even writers in Hollywood and I'm not picking on them at all. I don't mean that, but oh, I'm just ahead, saying on them, yeah. they, you know, like sometimes they might write a story, they might write a script for a movie and it's intended to be entertainment. Right. Mm-hmm. So right, they, right. they might write it in a way that is entertaining. So people pick up on that. And before you know it, certain words do become part of the lexicon. I mean, like, like, I mean, I can think of a handful of words off the top of my head. I don't know why this is the first one that's coming to mind, but dope, right? Okay, yep, yep. When I was a little kid, a dope meant it was a derogatory slang term for a stupid person. A dummy, yeah, you're a dope, yeah. Yeah. Now it could mean, you know, a substance. Right, of course. Or, right, it, or some people use it as like, it, it's really, that's really good. It's super exciting. It's awesome. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Language is flexible. So, all right. I, like I said, I will concede that language is flexible, but it begins and ends with that. I don't like the word. I'm not going to use it. Um, if somebody wants to, you know, put me in a headlock over it, fine. I'll meet you outside. You still won't win. Um, <laughs> right. Right. I feel that strongly. So, the, I, and I'm with you because it's always interesting and it always makes the news when Merriam Webster releases their new words, words that have been added to the dictionary. So I'm mm-hmm. looking. I'm looking actually at the words. There were 535 new words added in 2020. That's um, a lot. Yeah. So one of the here's an example: deep fake. Now, do you know what deep fake is? It's, do I want to know? No. <laughs> it's nothing dirty. <laughs> no, it's it's nothing dirty. It's it's a term for a video where someone's face has been superimposed on someone else's face and if you've seen i I think there's just one guy who started this and he's his handle is deep fake and so you know he superimposed jim carrey's face on jack nicholson's face and you're watching the scene from the shining and it it's jim carrey it's it's the the technology is remarkable so i'm okay with that having a name like that i know what that is the coronavirus Mm -hmm. actually precipitated some new words self-isolate the hyphenated word self-isolate that -hmm. didn't used to appear in the dictionary right physical distancing i guess uh oh here's one i didn't know this wfh do you know what wfh means Apparently it means working from home. Okay. All right. <laughs> I just say okay. work I just say working from home. And others and like like you say dope there are, there are slang words which will nudge their way into the dictionary and I'm mm-hmm. I'm fine with that. Like I'm sure a couple of years ago influencer became a word yeah. when it wasn't before, right? Mm-hmm. But what or thought leader or yeah, yeah I mean, all, exactly. all, all, all words like that. Yeah. Um, I mean, and that's the thing. I mean, certain situations do create new words like this yeah. whole pandemic. Yes. Yeah, self self isolation or working from home. I have a funny story you said about um, yeah, WFH yep. years and years ago, a friend of mine, she she thought that um, WT WTF. Right. What's this for? <laughs> Oh, those never get old. Yeah, it's usually right? like it's usually like your your mom is. It's fu- it's funny interpretations. Your mom, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Well, I've, I've heard that. Yeah, yeah. Her cli- yeah, but she was texting this to her clients. Oh my god! Yeah, and, and, yeah. I mean, when I first heard this, this was a while ago. A friend of mine and I, a friend of mine, told me about it, and it was about our mutual friend. And I mean, I we both had a huge laugh about it. We had to tell her, we're like, okay, you have to stop doing that. She's like, well, it could mean what's this for? And I said, yes, but it doesn't. Okay, most people understand it to mean the other thing. Right, right, and, right. And then she was mortified, and I was just like, yeah, you've got some damage control you have to do. So have a good time. So I, I'm going to give you a quick quiz, Kim Calvi, who she is not, oh. she is not prepared for this at all, but I'm, okay. I'm a rascal. Here are 
this was this this I'm reading from an article that actually goes back to 2012. So it's it's not and and the t- title of the article from Mental Floss is 53 modern words recently added to the dictionary. So I'm going to read you the the definition and see if you know what this new word is, newish word is, right? Hey, newish, okay. that's a good that's a good newish is a good one. Yeah, okay. see, again, language is flexible. That's right. What Watch. Here's the definition. Watch multiple. It's a verb. Watch multiple episodes of a television program in rapid succession, typically by means of digital streaming. Binge. You got it. Or binge watch. We would have accepted okay. either. But um, okay. I thought I had a roadcaster. No, I thought I had a. I don't have my sound effects up. Anyway, I was going to give you a, a, a check mark for that. You get it. All right. <laughs> um, exp- this is a slang word. That's a hint. Expensive, ostentatious clothing and jewelry. Something Kim Kardashian wears. That's true. Begins one one syllable begins with a B. Bling. You got it. Two for two. Very good. Okay. Here's a good one. A close but non-sexual relationship between two men. Bromance. You got it. Three for three. Outstanding. Yeah. This and uh, let's see. Uh, I'll give you two more because you're on such a, a roll here. Uh, okay, uh, here's yeah. one. Here's one. Here's one. Uh, noun. A, p- a person who greatly dislikes a specified person or thing. It's kind of a hard... I, I don't like the definition. Um, Did you repeat the definition? Yeah, it, the definition is a person who greatly dislikes a specified person or thing. Oh, a hater. That's right. Very good. See, I think okay. I, I think that they're off on the definition. There's something about a hater that is... Uh, it's not just that you dislike it. It's that you... Sort of, you're disliking it, sort of, to make a going over the top to make a point, maybe. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway. yeah. You got some kind of manifesto going on in your head, yeah, that you want to promote. Yeah. Right. Okay. Last one. You, you're mm-hmm. you're you're, you're uh, perfect so far. Um, this is a noun, a statement, action, or incident regarded as an instance of indirect, subtle, or unintentional discrimination against members of a marginalized group, such as racial or ethnic minority. I would add that this is a, let's see, it says a statement, action, or incident regarded as an instance of indirect subtle. The, the, the emphasis should be on the subtle. It, a, I would define it as a subtle action of perceived bias that certain overactors, over people that overreact might get offended to. That's a hard one. It's microaggression. Oh, microaggression. Uh, okay, because a couple of words popped into my head. Um, I was going to say gaslighting, but I don't think that's it. Um, no, I just I, I just said the answer. Sorry, microaggression. Oh, sorry. Mi- microaggression was it. I gave I gave you that oh, one because. Okay. All right, I don't want to embarrass you, but this has made the dictionary. This is a word. Dan- mm-hmm. dan- it's 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 a little risque, but dance to popular <laughs> dance to popular music in a sexually provocative manner involving thrusting hip move- movements and a low squatting stance. <laughs> I can't believe this is a word. It's no. a word. Yeah, it begins with a T. One syllable. Uh, it's usually it's usually a rapper shaking his or her butt, twerking, uh, twerking. Oh, you know twerking? twerking. Yes. Gosh, I forgot that one. You know, okay. I haven't heard that one particular word in a while. Okay. Yeah. See, it was All in right. vogue and then it went out. So, um, by the way, thanks for being a good sport, Kim. Yeah, um, no, 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 happy to. Yeah, and, sorry, um, sorry, I failed the last couple, but all right. No, no, no. That's you're you're good. You're good. Um, you still get an A. Uh, Kim, once it, we're up against the clock a little bit, but we've got a couple of matters of business still to get to mm-hmm. here. First off, uh, make sure you check out everything about Kim at Boston Edits. 
Com. She's already mentioned a lot of the great stuff she does for companies, for individuals, professionals. Uh, you get a website, et cetera, et cetera. Check, mm-hmm. her, check her out. Check out the website. So we're going to play an edition of Good Stuff where Kim and I will both suggest something good that you should check out or something that might lift your spirits as we continue to plow and trudge through this pandemic. Before we get mm-hmm. there, one more grammatical pet peeve of mine. Actually, no, yes. two. Two. First off is... is uh, uh, the word literally, which which has been driving me bonkers. So this is so you and I talked about all these new words, which we're we're behind. Like language should evolve. What what grinds my gears is is yeah. that the it becomes a word like irregardless through misuse. So the the new definition of literally, I'll yes. find it here. Well, you know where I'm going, right? The people, you know how people use yeah, literally you know, now. Yeah, go ahead, but think, yeah, continue your thought. Yeah. So what happened was the word literally had was a very useful word, and it was mm-hmm. it was actually I used to uh, appreciate it in a in a comic sense a lot of the time. For example, mm-hmm. I remember walk. In, I remember when I was in college, uh, you know, in the eighties, and I'm walking with my friend. And we walk into this Russian history class and it happens to be a very well attended class. The professor is brilliant. <laughs> and so not only are there all kinds of students and college age students, obviously it's college, but we noticed a lot of people who were uh, adults. I mean, they're in their 40s, 50s or whatever. And they were clearly like auditing the course or something because they heard this guy was so great. And so I'm walking in and we're trying to find seats. And I say to my buddy, geez, everyone and their mother is in this class. And he looks at the, <laughs> he looks at the, the, the older people and he goes, yeah, literally. And that was, that's a nice use of the word literally. And it's, and it's funny. So um, the, the new definition of literally is, yeah. is something that is, so people use it to exaggerate, you know? Mm. Wow, that guy had such a great, great game. He literally carried the team on his back. Okay. Mm-hmm. See, here's the problem. He didn't literally carry the team on his back. In fact, it, it's the opposite. It's he literally right. didn't carry the team on his back. I mean, does that no, bo- does that bother you? Oh, completely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, when, you know, I I understand. I mean, again, you know, words do sneak into the language, and language is flexible. I keep saying that, and it's true. But the thing is, when a word, some a word like literally. I mean, that's like, there's really no debate as to its definition. Okay. There shouldn't there's, be. There's no, right. There, well, there shouldn't, exactly. There shouldn't be. I mean, it's a pretty, it's an unchanged definition. So, okay. When people do want to exaggerate, you know, it's because it makes for good storytelling or it emphasizes mm-hmm. a point and they use that word to punctuate what they're trying to express. It's really their passion that comes through when they're talking about it. But if it's on paper, then it is a complete misuse. And quite honestly, when it's on paper, and if you don't know the writer really well, you're going to think they don't know what they're talking about. And it really does, again, going back to good content, you know, speaks to good branding. It ruins their brand. Yes. So, you know, so if you're, you know, if you're, you're hamming it up with your friends over a barbecue or whatever, if we ever get to have one, one of these days, um, (laughs) right. But you know, I'm just saying, right. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, you, you know, everybody's, had a couple of beers and everybody's just, you know, talking smack or whatever. How's that for, how's that for yeah, someone? That's go? a new word. Yeah, that's good. Right. right. <laughs> Actually, that's one I like. Mm-hmm. Um, the, okay. It's okay to ham it up a little bit and use words like that, I suppose, in conversation. But again, when you are looking at somebody's website, LinkedIn profile, you're reading something that they wrote, that they published under the, you know, under the, the, high, the, the, the auspices of their business. And they're trying to promote themselves as a pundit in their industry. It is critical that language is as polished and as refined and ironed out as can be. Mm-hmm. Not to the point where it's stiff and boring reading. I mean, you don't want it to, you don't you always want to have your own personality a little bit in anything that you're reading that speaks to that promotes your business. 
Otherwise, you may as well be writing for a textbook. And there is a place in society for that. Sure. Um, but but really, when you're trying to promote your business, it really does boil down to content. And it always starts like I even say on my LinkedIn profile and on my website, it really does start with the basic rules of grammar. And those are rules. I mean, I personally, I'm a principle oriented person. But when it comes to grammar, we stick to the rules. Yeah. And and again, conversation is different. What I say to my clients by way of illustration, what I say to my clients is, if they wrote the way they speak and myself included, we would all sound like morons. Yeah, we would. Yeah. Right. We wish so, we wish we could talk like we wrote, but it's a completely different form of expression because you, you it, don't yeah. because you can't you can't like, um, you know, in, in writing we edit. I mean, you do this all day. We edit. We decide something's better. We hit the delete button. If you try to do that mm-hmm. in conversation, you look pretty silly. You know, I need to go back and correct something I said uh, five minutes ago. You know? Right, right, yeah. right, right. Exactly. So it's it's imperative that it, it you know when we write when content is written and it's published on the internet. And once it's out there, it's out there. Um, you know, you can always take it down, but who knows how many people will have seen it before you do remove it. Yep. It's imperative that it, it has to be. It has to be accurate. It has to be good. It has to be a quality representation of your use of grammar and it has to sound you know to my way of thinking has to sound unique to you and it has to reach your audience and it has to have those components at an absolute minimum yeah no i agree because the the you know there are moments that can turn someone's opinion of you and and you don't want that happening over like a mistake a stupid grammatical mistake how many Mm -hmm. times have we heard that when you're doing your resume check it two times, check it again, have someone else check it because mm-hmm. as soon as the yeah. resume lands on someone's desk and there's a misspelling in the, in the 10th line of the resume, they throw it away. They're looking for a reason to throw it away anyway, because they get a zillion resumes, most, most companies. Right. Um, yeah. so don't misuse literally in writing or in speech, anyone, sorry, I, right. I can't, it, this is, this is, I'm going to die. I'm going to die on this mountain, Kim. So I, I, let me, let me just finish the thought on literally, if you don't mind and, um, and you feel free to chime in. So Here's the real definition of literally it in a literal sense or manner, such as in a way that uses the ordinary or primary meaning or of a term or expression. He took the remark literally. So you could say, I told him, I told him to get out of here. And he took the remark literally. In other words, I told him to get out of here. Just meaning, ah, get out of here. And he took it literally, meaning he left. Okay. That's a good one. Here's another good one with exact equivalence with the meaning of each individual word given exactly here's an example the term mardi gras literally means fat tuesday in french by the way i didn't know that is that true okay the, I didn't know the, that, the, that yeah. sounds about right sure yeah, right yeah no i thought they were different things but I, but i'm literally i'm literally wrong the, okay or in here's another definition of literally that's a good one in a completely accurate way here's an example a story that is basically true even if not literally true so you could say the story of david and goliath is mm-hmm. believed to be basically true, but not literally true. Goliath wasn't actually 10 feet tall at whatever it says in mm-hmm. the Bible. Now, mm-hmm. here is a second completely different definition of virtually mm-hmm. that entered the dictionary in recent years. Let's in, in effect, in effect, colon, virtually, used in an exaggerated way to emphasize a statement or description that is not literally true or possible. So they basically mm-hmm. said the new definition of literally is not literally, which just makes no sense. <laughs> it's the exact opposite of what it is. I know. Right. And, and that's the thing. That's what's confusing. It, you know, it, I mean, it, to, to, I mean, it really is. And again, language is flexible and that's not always good. And, yeah. you know, it, it, 
people learning the, I mean, we, we've heard this before and editors, we're always, we're always sending jokes back and forth to each other about funny things about the language. And, yeah. you know, we, we, we really do feel badly that for people who come to America and learn English as their second language, because, you know, for, here's a minor example. It's not even a funny example, but I read the book and I read the book mm-hmm. look the same on paper. They do, Right. Right. So, right. I mean, we take it for granted. That's right. Yeah. And there are a lot of words like that. that oh, you, yeah. 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 Yep. Here, I have a funny story for you, though, about literally. Go for it. This, this. All right. So I'm revealing something about myself here. So it's when I was nine years. Yeah. Well, when I was nine years old, my mother said that I could make brownies by myself. OK. All right. So I was in the kitchen by myself making the brownies. I got, you know, the, the, the brownie mix, the eggs, the oil, the water. OK. All right. You know, she's leaving me alone doing my thing or whatever. And she came into the kitchen a few minutes later and starts screaming at the top of her lungs at me. What is the matter with you? What are you doing? My mother is not a violent, angry, excitable person, Mm -hmm. but I really set her off because I had mixed the brownie mix with my hands because Mm -hmm. the instructions on the box said mix by hand. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and you took it literally. There you go. I took it literally. And my mother said, you're supposed to use a wooden spoon. And I said, well, the instructions should then say mix by hand using a wooden spoon. They had an incomplete thought. That's why I got sent to my room because I, you know, smart mouth, because I was, I was right. It was an incomplete statement. She's like, you're supposed to know this. And I'm like, really, really? Like my first exposure to, to baking. And I'm supposed to know that, that with Betty Crocker or whomever means, you know, I'm supposed to use a wooden spoon. They said mix by hand. That's said mix by hand. Yeah. You know what, you know who you are. You're the, the Holly Hunter character in the movie broadcast news. Who was this? Like, <laughs> that is the second time I've been compared. Is to that her. right? Well, cause yeah, there's, yeah. A, there's a scene in the early in the movie where they show the Holly Hunter in the, in the movie. If you, if you haven't seen it, folks, it's a wonderful movie. She plays a, a really driven, uh, TV executive TV producer and she's great and she's funny and she's incredibly intelligent as a child they flash back and they show that she's working on something and the dad comes in and says can you stop working on that for a minute you're really getting obsessive and then a minute later she flies downstairs and says excuse me father yeah, you call me obsessive. I do not appreciate that characterization because obsessive suggested I'd be working on it at all times, which I clearly am not doing right now as I am talking to you. So thank you, daddy or whatever. And um, so that that was you. It said it said mix it by hand. It said mix it by apparently. hand. Right? Yeah. Apparently. Apparently. Use the word apparently just fine. So, you know, I, I expect that. <laughs> I'm but relieved. Here's, here's the last one I'll leave you with, which I don't know if you've noticed this mistake people are making, but it is hmm. becoming rampant. Um so t- I don't mean to put you on the spot and I don't mean to sound uh, whatever, but, but tell our listeners the difference between when you use fewer and when you use less, you know, this one, right? Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. If you like, um, yeah, if you, if fewer re- is regarding actual things that you can, items. that you can count something yeah, you, can, that you count. can count, right? Yeah. Less means quality. Right. Or something so, that's amorphous and can't be counted. In other words, um, we need to right. we need to do this with less venom. We need to do this with right. less hatred or whatever. But right. um, which but, speaks to quality of something, yeah. right? But people have yeah. complete Not quantity. That's that's right. That's right. Quantity um, 
meaning it, it's empirical. You know, there were yeah. there were fewer people at the at Trump's rally than he thought there were. So I didn't right. mean to turn this into political, but I'm just stating a fact. So um, fewer. So, but people have forgotten the word fewer, and they're just using mm-hmm. less. And now that I mentioned mm-hmm. to you, I bet you're going to notice everyone who does it wrong. In fact, oh, I do anyway. I mean, everywhere I go, David, I see some kind of a mistake. I've seen I've seen some of the worst mistakes, you know, on menus at restaurants. Um, yeah. And, and I, I, I saw one in Texas um, the long, long, long time ago. I, I was getting ready to move down there. And so I was, I was looking at um, apartments mm-hmm. and they had a map of the different, they, they had uh, you know, different illustrations of the different apartment layouts. And instead of calling the kitchen, the kitchen, they called it the cookery. And then next to it was always the pantry. Mm-hmm. Well, they forgot the letter R in pantry. <laughs> <laughs> that's tragic. Really is. That, yeah. 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 That's, that's like the Larry David, uh, curb your enthusiasm episode where he <laughs> submits the obituary he's supposed to say aunt and the a is, is replaced with a C which and hilarity ensues. <laughs> but the, the less, the, the fewer like Ariana Grande has a, has a hit song uh, from a few years back called one less problem. I've got one mm-hmm. less problem without you. That song. I'm, I don't sing it very well, but, um, mm-hmm. but that Ariana Grande go back to grammar school it's one fewer problem. I have one. I would have one fewer problem without you. Not one less problem, right? Yes. Yes, but fewer. Right. It probably right. didn't. It probably didn't yeah. go along with the, the you know the tone and flow of the song. So we'll, we'll forgive. Right. Her. Exactly. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah sure that had to have been the reason. Yeah. I. I. I, I, I own songs. I don't even know. I, yeah. Probably not. I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Maybe she does. Ariana. I, I don't know. You get, in, mm-hmm. get We'll have her as a guest on the show uh, soon. Mm-hmm. Well, I know. Right. I know that she had a tattoo. Um, that um, when it was translated, the it was misspelled. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So, see, it's a thing with her, apparently. Um, mm. Yeah, geez, you're right. I just did a quick punch into the Google machine. She fixed the misspelled tattoo and then apparently didn't completely <laughs> fix it. It was right. supposed to spell out the name of her new single, Seven Rings. However... Um, fans pointed out it translated to me in a Japanese style barbecue grill, which is there's nothing wrong with that either, of course, but not the same thing. Um, yeah, I, I know I live your 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 uh, terror and your pain as well, Kim, because I see. I mean, it's 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 also little things like people will put up a sign in front of a Seven Eleven and it'll say, you know, Coca Cola ice cold, and the ice cold will be in quotation marks. Why yeah. is the ice cold? Do you mean it's actually not really ice cold? Oh, it's kind of ice right. cold. No. Yeah, it's pretend. It's right. pretend. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, right. Here's a good one. You'll like this one. Talk about poor, right. poor, con- poor content used in marketing. So a long time ago, probably about 30 years ago, I was at, the, at a mall and I walked past Victoria's Secrets because, mm. you know, every mall has one, right? Sure. Yep. It was a big poster in the window mm. and it said bras half off. Right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Exactly. Well, well, I mean, it's funny. It's funny, but it, it okay. That's, that's more unfortunate than inaccurate, but I, I take your meaning. Who knows? Maybe they did that on purpose, you know, just to catch people's eye. So um, once again, Kim Calvi, find out all info about Kim at bostonedits.com. In just a moment, we're going to close the show with an edition of good stuff. Before we get there, let me take just a moment to tell you about the Boston Podcast Network and what we do here. Pod617.com is the website where you go to find out about how we can produce your podcast for 
for you. That's right, kids. You could be the next big podcast star. Now is a perfect time to do it. You got a, probably a little extra time on your hands. And we've been doing everything remotely for years now, so we were ready for this silly pandemic thing. We'll send you out a USB microphone on the house if you'd like to get started. Pod six one seven dot com in Pod we trust. And by the way, if you'd like to be a guest on this show, the Boston Podcast, you can. Just, how's my grammar so far, Kim? You can. <laughs> you can um, email me if you'd like to be a guest on this show. My email is David at Pod six one seven dot com. And if you know someone who's a uh, uh, say a restaurant owner, business owner, or someone else who wants to make sure that they're still alive and kicking and in business during this uncertain times, then email me. It could be a dream come true. And no no fee, no strings attached for the show, david at pod617.com. Thanks. Okay, you know what? Let's play good stuff. Oh, that's the good stuff. Kim continues to pitch a perfect game on the Boston podcast. She, she, she was uh, shimmying a little bit, dancing a little bit, as as was I. I call out people when they don't. Everyone has to dance to the B fifty twos. It's it's. I think it's. I think it's a federal law. So, um, in good stuff, we give you a suggestion, something good that you should know about, or uh, check out, or try, or make you happier during this uh, these, these uncertain times. Kim, do you have something for our listeners? You know, I do. Um, and it's, it's, it's um, yeah. So recently, um, I, well, let me put it this way. The, the mothership for me is my local library, right? Mm. And Albert Einstein once said, all that you ever really have to know, absolutely have to know, is the location of the library. Mm-hmm. Recently, I had the privilege of joining the board at the Thomas Crane Public Library in Quincy. And it's a beautiful building and it's huge. And as soon as the doors open, I'm sure it's going to be flooded with with patrons again. Um, I uh, was looking on the website and it's a comprehensive website where they actually have what's, and I, I might be mispronouncing this, um, Udemy, U-D-E-M-Y. And it is basically, I've got a little something here since we're talking about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it's um, it's, it's um, Udemy, Learn with Udemy, which is basically you can learn anything you want about anything. Mm. Courses, on, courses on demand. Yeah, basically yeah. courses on demand. Yeah. yeah. It's your library. It's free. Oh, so, really? Okay. Yes. That's so, the beauty of it. Right? So, um, so as far as good stuff, you know, I get it. We're all busy. We're, we all, you know, this pandemic, we all thought we were going to have downtime, but we've all been busier. I, at least for me, been busier spending our time doing other things that we never had to do before. Okay, fine. Whatever. However, if you really, it's summertime. We all grew up with summer reading lists, right? At least I did. And I took it seriously. I took it literally. I would recommend go to your local library, um, log on to the website, the Thomas Crane Public Library, and, and, and see if something interests you. There's there's so many different topics, and it, you know, it's not a time commitment that you're you know you, you're you're beholden to a schedule. But there are lots of good topics and something that you can learn. And if you have some free time, so that when this pandemic is over, like I said at the beginning of our of our segment, David. Mm-hmm. What I had said to people, you know, the article that I published uh, at the very beginning of this pandemic, somebody sometimes you're going to have some time to learn something new that's going to help you enhance the, your, your service offering to your clients. Well, even if it doesn't necessarily speak to that, but maybe it, 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 it is going to serve you personally as a business proprietor, serve you well, and it's going to put new ideas in your head and help you think differently, dynamically. Learn something new. Mm-hmm. Access your local library. There are a plethora, plethora of topics to choose from. Knock yourself out. Mm-hmm. Have a party. Um, that's like, my good stuff. I like it. That's a perfect addition to good stuff. And people people absolutely forget about the library. There's a big hubbub in Sharon because of the public library had 
proposed some kind of zoning change for a renovation and it got shut down last night, I guess. So oh, that's thanks. Okay. So I might have to check out your library or, you know, libraries online or whatnot, but, but yeah. great suggestion. Uh, mine's complete. I, I wish I could present one sort of on topic in keeping with uh, literature and writing as we've been talking about, but no, I'm going to recommend a TV show like I always do. So um, do if you, so if you caught, if you're familiar with the, the podcast slash TV series known as Dirty John, that came out uh, a couple years ago and true, true story of a guy who was just um, a rascal and a, and a kind of a scandalous, scarless dude who duped this woman into marrying him and um, turns out he had this terrible past and it ends in tragedy. I won't tell you in case you want to go back and watch that season one of Dirty John. It was a podcast, true, true, sort of true to life podcast of the woman telling the story. And now uh-huh. and, and then they made it into a show starring Eric Banna and um, the woman Ooh. who's awesome, whose name I can't remember right now. But anyway, there's a new series that just came out um, and it's it has nothing to do with the first series. It's actually the story of Betty Broderick. So. For those that might uh, remember, yeah, ba- back in, in yeah in the late '80s, it was I had forgotten this, but it was a woman who had just been kind of driven to the brink of insanity by her ex-husband, and you know the the I guess depending upon whose quote-unquote side you're on, either he treated her really really poorly or she just kind of lost it because he did the it was the classic horror story for her. He left her. He shacked up with this beautiful young woman. They plan to get married. She's kind of left, and he he kind of destroyed her in the in the divorce proceedings. All that. So mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not blowing anything when I tell you what happened in true life was at some point she just lost it. She got a gun, and she kills him and the new wife. Um, mm-hmm. But the TV series is now they're only up to episode like seven with probably a couple to go. I'm not sure, but. Um, it's 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 a wonderfully produced piece and it actually lets you see why someone could be driven to such lengths i don't think it takes sides because i don't think anyone would really condone you blowing away your ex-husband because you hate him but um nevertheless it sort of gets into her mind and it's played by amanda pete who's an actress who she's you know her yes she's the type she's the type of actress you kind of know who she is but can't really Mm -hmm. think of anything great she's ever been in i think this Mm -hmm. is her command performance and it's it's a tough role because you got to play um, you know, this person who is slowly losing it. And so check that out. I believe it's, uh, yeah, it's Amazon Prime. Yeah, Amazon Prime. It'll cost you a couple bucks to get the season, but it's worth it. So Dirty John season two. Yes. All right. So there you go. And, um, well, unfortunately, we are uh, literally out of time. And so we have to go. But um, thank you so much, Kim Calvi. I hope you were an awesome guest. Uh, oh, thank you. Thank you for saying that. Thank you for having me. This was a blast. My pleasure. And to learn more about Kim and connect with her, as you can tell, she's the kind of person you want to know. BostonEdits.com. Simple to remember. BostonEdits.com. All the info is is right there. So um, I say that I've literally had a blast. No, I haven't literally had a blast because that would mean something exploded. I've literally had a very good time talking to you and learned a couple (laughs) things along the way. Um, If you like this podcast, please subscribe to us on Apple Podcast. If you want your own podcast, go to pod617.com to get started. And if you want to be a guest on this show, email me, david at pod617.com. On behalf of Kim Calvi, who I can say is literally a friend of mine, my name is Dave. (laughs) You're welcome. My name is Dave. I'm just a guy from Boston. But if you're not from Boston, you must be the other guy. Have a great day, everybody.